want to see a nibble in the projects Mad at myself, wanna put it to the side She know what? Mama had to cater for the coupe That we rode at the school on the winter pot pies all right, guys, welcome back to the TM Podcast. My name is Mikey Levine. I'm here with my co-host, Tyrell Terry. What's going on, everyone? We are joined by a very, very special guest. Um, she is a really good friend of ours. We actually haven't been all together in about two years now, so this is really fun. Really excited to catch up with her. Her name's Ashley Prang. She plays softball for Alabama. She is first team all SEC, second team all Big Ten, Big Ten all freshman team, an academic all big 10 so and the accolades go on um so yeah Ashley, just to clarify she went to ohio state uh before alabama that's where the big 10 and then big Ten uh sec kind of separate so just to clarify that before we get into it cool ashley say what's up hey what's up guys thank you for having me i'm excited and good to see you i miss you guys yeah for sure it's been yeah, a while I miss you too it's been so long um and this appreciate is great... you coming on yeah, appreciate you. This is a great yeah. segue into kind of going into how we all know each other, um, which goes all the way back to Ty's pre-draft. So let's talk about that time. Um, I know Ashley personally from iFast, which is the training center in Indianapolis. I'm not sure you guys know better. What what actually, what's the town name that it's in? Well, I guess Fishers. it moved, but Fishers, Fishers? okay. Yeah, Fishers, yeah, so Fishers. Indiana. <laughs> so yeah ifast is a um, training center out in fishers indiana um i trained there for my pre-draft but i know you ashley you've been training there for how long yeah i since my junior year of high school it's basically all i've known as far as strength and conditioning before i got to college oh that's crazy shout out mike robertson Big legend <laughs> um yeah. but yeah mikey did you meet ashley at ifast or like yeah something? Uh... i think so. I think I actually first time I heard you was through a mutual friend. You guys wanted to do a photo shoot. Um, Did we plays, even do it? No, no. She I, plays for she plays soccer at Florida. Um, is what I'll say. Um, so yeah, that's how I met her is just through mutual friends. Um, she actually knows a lot of people that I went to school with growing up. Um, so yeah, it's just I feel like everyone in the Hamilton County area just kind of knows each other and is in this little circle. Um. But yeah, Ashley, you've done a bunch of stuff recently um, regarding mental health, um, and you've been really public with it. So actually, I'd like to start with talking about, you know, um, what you posted the other day. Um, it seemed like you were talking to a bunch of kids. I don't know how many, but it looked like a very, very big group of kids about mental health. Um, do you want to elaborate more on that? Yeah, for sure. So what it was, this guy had reached out um, through Instagram, and he was actually the father of a girl who had passed away by suicide in 2013. Oh, um, played softball, was her senior of high school. And every year since then, he's done this tournament as sort of a memorial for her to kind of bring a light to suicide awareness and mental health in general, um, especially in athletes. And so it was a tournament with about 28 teams. So all the girls, and I, I don't even know how to guess how many girls were there, maybe close to like 300-ish. What and was so, the age? What was the age range that was there? Uh, twelve U to high school. So oh wow, up to sixteen or seventeen. That's awesome. And then also parents and coaches were included too. But yeah, it was super cool. They had a bunch of resources around um, different like tents and things set up with uh, people from like therapy places or different counseling services just to kind of get connected and see what it's like. Gotcha. Do you gotcha. get Do you get nervous speaking in front of large crowds, or is that something you feel comfortable with? 
Um, honestly, this was kind of like, this is all super new to me. So yes, I was super nervous, but once I actually started talking, it wasn't bad. And people were saying I looked super comfortable, which is rare because like a year ago, you couldn't have paid me to even talk to my team. And that's only like 20 people. So it's kind of come full circle since I guess it even became an idea. I never had any idea this would happen. So that's amazing. That's good. Yeah. I know on our last episode, we talked about like how me and Mikey kind of got introduced to the idea of mental health and maybe started experiencing it. I know Mikey has been dealing with it for some years now. So have I like talk us through like when, how you ran into mental health. Um, you don't got to disclose anything, but like, when did you first start to experience it, become aware of it? You know, those type of things. I think growing up in a small town, I wasn't really introduced to like the whole topic of mental health until I got to college. Um, more so freshman year specifically, just because I was so eager to like please my coaches and prove my worth to them when I got there that I almost let it kind of consume every part of my life. And then I started to struggle in softball and I also started to struggle in life as a result because everything that I did and everything like about me as a person was rooted in softball. So if I had a great day, it was a great day all around. But if I had a bad practice or a bad day at softball, it kind of ruined my rest of the day. And so I think that's kind of where I started to see the struggle is like how to separate those two things. Um, and I would get super anxious and always want to know what my coaches thought about my performance, want to know what the upperclassmen thought, always was trying to do so much that I really never found like any joy in the game anymore at that point. Yeah, I've experienced a lot of the same things. I think pressure is a big thing that um, can weigh on athletes heavily. I want to get more into that because uh, I personally have experienced like performance anxiety. So like imagine I'm a softball player, like I would be nervous that I'm going to go 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. Like that's something that would be consuming my thoughts. Is that something you struggled with? Um, or is it more of just like kind of impressing the coaches like during practice or from a game? I honestly would say a little bit of both. Like that made me nervous, the performance aspect of that, but then also the reaction from other people to that, if that makes any yeah. sense. So kind of all yeah, over. No. Yeah, definitely. Um, Mikey, if you want to dig into what we were going to talk about with uh just like nil and how that's been a big thing as of late right yeah i had a couple questions about the nil and how it's changed you know the whole you know aspect of college sports for you um i feel like it's completely flip-flopped you know the game of in any sport in college um and yeah i just wanted to know like how has it been for you personally it seems like you have been really 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 productive with it and I'd love to hear more about your process. Honestly, it's kind of weird. It's still pretty new. So I really don't have all the answers. I don't think anyone does, especially in softball, which is kind of a lower on the totem pole sport for NIL compared to football or basketball, but it's definitely up and coming. Um, But yeah, no, I've definitely had a lot of cool opportunities. um, And I think it's kind of a good thing and a bad thing to me. I think it's awesome that athletes are able to get paid, especially women in sports because looking at the women's pro leagues, they, I know they don't make a whole lot of money. So it's kind of cool that it's a sort of open door into that. But I also think too, it kind of takes away from, I don't want to say the amateurism of the sport, but it also allows teams to like kind of build dynasty programs. Like if you can have a big school paying their athletes, however many figures, they're, they're going to obviously pick the bigger school and maybe even get paid to sit the bench versus going and playing at a smaller school just because of the NIL money differences. So that's definitely what we've talked about. We've seen, tried to see both sides of it because obviously like I do benefit from it, but I can also see where it hurts other programs and other people. Thanks. Yeah, I've wondered, I've wondered about that, you know, because mm-hmm. I 
had left already once they started the whole NIL thing. And I always question these, these dynamics are like, doesn't, it kind of seems like the schools with the most money are just going to throw the most money at these kids and get them to go there. Um, so that's interesting that you kind of feel that way as well. Do you see a sense of like any, I don't know, like competitiveness between like even teammates or other athletes, as far as like, you know, this girl's getting all these opportunities, like maybe I should, um, or this girl's making more money than I am or anything like that. Do you see any of that going around? Um, and with my own personal experience, no, I'd say it's more, everyone on my team is super supportive of whatever, even if it's not NIL, whatever it is, they're going to be there to support you. Um, but I definitely think that it's dependent on the person, whether or not they want to market themselves in that type of way. Cause it's kind of, you're essentially building your own brand and it's all based on you. So like you could be on a certain platform and have a certain Jersey, but in reality, it's kind of how much you want to put yourself out there and like open your own door for opportunities. So I think Mm -hmm. there, I wouldn't say there's any competition though, within the team, as far as like who gets the most deals or the best deals or stuff like that. That honestly surprises me. Me too. To be honest. Yeah. I mean, maybe for myself though. So, I mean, I don't know what it's like. I'm also super blessed to have teammates that are amazing. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Do you want to talk about the difference between the schools that you've gone to um and just like i feel like well before then let's take a pause and let's rewind to when you were thinking about transferring from osu to alabama and what was going through your mind because i feel like i see on social media a lot of athletes struggle to like you know should i should i transfer like there's a lot of pressure within like leaving their team um yeah so talk about that um, yeah, so by the time I had actually made the decision to enter the transfer portal, transfer portal, sorry, I think I, I had already known for months that I'm like, this is probably the best decision. So going back to mental health, um, each year I was at Ohio State, we had a girl on the team attempt suicide, and me and my roommate oh. were there for the last time, and it like, wrecked my world. Um, and it, it messed up not only, obviously, just life, but like my performance as a result, as you probably can imagine, plummeted. I was the worst year I think I've had in softball. Um, and it truly just, it just was not a good fit anymore after that. And I was like, I can't, I can't say. Um, so I entered the portal in May. So leading up to me for my own experience, it was more of a relief, like a fresh start was something that I felt like I needed. It was a clean slate. And I was honestly super excited. It felt like a breath of fresh air once I entered. Um, so I wouldn't say I was super nervous, but more reassured than anything. It sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong. But it sounds like you are saying that the environment of that school might have caused or was a part of the reason these girls felt the way they did. Was the environment there, was there just too much pressure? Was it like the coaching staff? What what was going on over there that made people so, feel so stressed out and feel that way? Honestly, I don't really know. I don't really have a good answer. I mean, I tried to wrestle with it, but I really don't have a good answer for that. Mm. I mean, I think this could even be something that's like, this could be more common, you know, at other schools as well. I think I just remember being a college athlete and there's just so many times where I was just feeling so many different types of emotions, um, stressed, like school, all that stuff. So I can see how, you know, these college athletes just feel so much like over overwhelming feelings, you know, um, during their career. And I, I feel like a lot more college athletes are starting to speak up about it you know I think it's pretty cool um yeah. I, have a qu- I have a question for both of you actually since you both have been you know you both have played college sports I know Ty you've touched on it about um you that was the first time you experienced speaking to a sports psychologist um 
playing in college sports, is that something that you have to seek out on your own? Or is that a resource that, you know, teams and stuff push to you and like really make sure you know that you have? Um, I'll, I'll start off with that. I think for me personally, it was something that was semi pushed towards us. Like we would have these like team building exercises from a sports psychologist. And, and then on the side, they would kind of mention like, you know, if you need someone to talk to, this is the person to go to. And so I ended up having to reach out to that person on my own, but I mean, I don't know how much um, other athletes use it as a resource, but, you know, I think they pushed it towards us a decent amount. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I think kind of like you said, Ty, they had team building type things and just like awareness type activities that we would do on a regular basis to kind of just create that environment to have a conversation. Um, I wouldn't say I reached out to her to seek help, but once everything had kind of happened and the night of the situations I was talking about earlier, they, it, it was kind of a given that I was going to be talking to somebody. Um, and they gave us our sports psychologist number that night too. So that's kind of how I got linked in with her, but here at Alabama, um, our sports psychologist is awesome. I mean, I still was in therapy for what happened. So she was more off campus related. Um, but we do have sports psych and like off campus counseling as well. And they encourage both. That's great. I think we've, we've touched a lot on the topic of like therapy. Um, both Mikey and I have gone through therapy and I'm hearing now that you have, what are your thoughts on therapy? Um, how helpful has it been for you? And what would you say to people that are kind of, you know, on the fence about whether or not they should reach out to a therapist? Yeah, honestly, it's helped me a ton because it's a space where I can talk about softball or things that have happened, whatever it might be. Um, I see both sides. So for like the sports psych, the performance aspect, obviously it helped that a ton. Um, but the specialist that they sent me to here was more of like the trauma side of things. So I, I found a lot of help in both, honestly. And I thought that my therapists were awesome and really made me feel comfortable because it was definitely something that I was new to. I like wasn't exactly open to therapy right from the start until it got to the point where I was like, okay, maybe this is something I need. Cause it was just kind of like overwhelming me and I couldn't handle it on my own. Um, but I would say the stigma associated with it is definitely like false. Like therapy has helped me a ton, even if it's just talking or honestly going in there and just crying for no reason, like it still makes me feel better afterwards. So. And your when you first started doing therapy, um, like your off-campus one, were you, did you gel with your counselor like immediately or did you have to go through a couple people before you found the one that was right for you? Um, I personally gelled with the one that they kind of, I want to say assigned. I don't know if that's the right word, but, um, they also sat me down. They were kind of like, okay, like what, like describe the person you would feel comfortable talking to. Like, what would that look like? What would their mindset look like? And then they tried to kind of correlate it with mine. So it was kind of like picked in the behind the scenes aspect. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know if that's interesting. No. Yeah. We've our last episode, we also meant, uh, talked a lot about like coping mechanisms, you know, not just therapy, but you know, there's meditation, there's journaling, there's, you know, the list goes on. What are some of the things, or have you picked up on anything to help you, um, you know, kind of just like small daily, daily things that you can do to help yourself. If you having a tough day. Yeah. Well, I'll start with like, when I was struggling things that I thought were helping me that actually I think were more so hurting me. And then going into like the field side of it, um, when I was struggling, I thought that being busier and distracted was a better way to kind of push my problems aside. And so I was constantly out of the house. I was going to eat with people, talking to people, going to softball extra if I needed to, like doing anything to kind of avoid sitting in like a quiet space by myself, which in the time I thought that was super helpful because I was like, I'm not thinking about it. Like, I'm fine. 
Um, but that could only go on for so long. And then finally I was like, if I don't deal with this, like I'm going to actually have a problem. And mm -hmm. so I, once I started to actually seek help and go to therapy and do the things that should have been done in the first place, I journaling is something that I love to do. Um, I like to, um, faith is a big part of who I am. So just sitting like in the word, like with God, um, prayer, and then going on like intentional, like lunch dates, coffee dates with my friends and just having like open and like in-depth conversations. That's been something that's helped me a ton too, especially having teammates that are so supportive here. Like I was saying, they're open and willing to sit through anything. And I think that's been a huge part of my healing process. That's awesome that you have such a strong support system. Um, I'm curious to know, have you always been someone that's comfortable with you know, being open with people or was that, you know, was there a transition period where you were like, okay, I have to open up to these people. I can't keep it in anymore. Um, I would say kind of back, uh, talking about being like distracted almost. I thought that like being distracted and ignoring the problem was solving the problem in my case. So there was a time where I was just like, I'm just not gonna talk about it. Cause I'm going to act like it's not there. Mm. Um, but then I found that it got heavier that way, you know, it builds up. So once I started to talk about it, each time I talk about it, I still tell people this, like, for example, at the mental health tournament, like every time I talk about it, the weight gets lighter. And like, I think that's been something that's been super powerful me for me to realize because it's like, you can hide it and hold it in all you want, but in reality, you're really doing yourself more harm than good. I like that I a agree. lot. I'm, I'm definitely um, guilty of doing that as well. It's really easy to kind of swallow things and keep it to yourself until, you know, you keep bottling it up and bottling it up. And then at some point it's going to explode. And then that's a whole mess in itself. Um, so I think, yeah, having a strong support system, like we've talked about and just, you know, being open with people is so important. And we emphasize that a lot on this podcast. So that's really, really cool yeah. that you have that. I kind of want to move, um, a little bit away from the mental health aspect, kind of, sort of, but so this is, this, you're going into your last season, um, of softball, right? Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about your, like your plans. Like, you know, what do you plan on doing after this year? Um, if you do plan on playing softball, talk about that. If you don't, are you kind of nervous about having to let go? Um, I'm kind of curious about that. Um, yeah. So right now I'm a fifth year senior, so I'm getting my master's in management and marketing type stuff. Um, my goal, I'm also an intern coach with our strength program. So I coach golf, rowing and dance in the weight room, which is super fun. Um, and that's something I'm super passionate about. And it started with IFAST, kind of like we talked about at the beginning. So shout out to them again. But um, after this, I really don't have any set in stone plans, which is a little bit scary, but I'm also super excited. I would, in a perfect world, I would love to get into collegiate coaching, but that's kind of hard to do, especially fresh out of college, just because you don't have that coaching experience. Um, but also if I pass the CSCS exam, I would also like to be a strength coach and maybe even do both if that's possible. So that's kind of where I'm leaning towards, but I'm definitely a little bit nervous just because I've had softball for the past 18 years to kind of keep me busy. And that's where I've put all of my heart into, it seems like. So I'm kind of nervous for how that's going to look, but I'm also excited. Oh yeah, I bet. I think, I think I've seen a lot of people deal with that, you know, just like what's the next step, especially coming out of college. And I left college, uh, what was I 20 You're, at the time? Uh, and <laughs> yeah, so it's like, I feel like I had to grow up super fast and I had kind of had to deal with like, you know, not being around my friends every day, all day. And, and so like, yeah, I just, it's interesting to hear other people's perspectives on like, what's, you know, what they plan on doing, um, especially collegiate athletes, I think is, is very interesting. Yeah. I'm excited though. How do you That's like definitely. it? How do you like being away from school and your friends now? Have you grown out of oh. it a little bit? 
I think it's, there's some pros and cons, you know, I really miss my guys back at Stanford. Um, I miss playing collegiate sports. You know, I think the camaraderie there is, is higher than it is the professional level. Um, and I, I kind of miss school a little bit. You know, I was always someone that, you know, felt proud of myself for getting a paper done or seeing my grades at the end of a, a semester or whatnot. So, you know, there's a lot of things I do miss about it, but you know, I can't complain with where I'm at now. So that's, that's all I'll say about that. So just from personal experience, I have felt like certain pressures of maybe not being able to open up or feel like I should be struggling with the position I'm in. Um, I know as for you as a collegiate athlete, um, have you experienced any of this from maybe your peers or people around you? Um, I would say more so with myself, it was kind of the mindset of like, okay, like I'm here, I'm playing at a power five program. I earned a scholarship to be at this program. Kind of why am I letting myself feel like this? Or um, I almost felt selfish, kind of like I was taking it for granted or I wasn't appreciating it enough. And it kind of led to a little bit of guilt, honestly, because I'm just like, I have the dream, essentially. These are what little girls dream of. Why are these feelings? Why is this happening to me? Man, I can relate to that. Um, did that like delay the process of you actually opening up for yourself and kind of targeting your mental health? Is that feeling? I would, say, I would say a little bit. It kind of sent me back into that loop of like finding my identity in softball and kind of being stuck in that cycle of like softball is it's the make or break of my day or like like we talked about earlier practice okay. if it's good the day's great if it's bad the day's bad and it was just kind of like that cycle over and over again which ultimately yes I kept it in but it ultimately kept my mental health on a decline yeah um and I experienced a ton of that um both in college and uh at the professional level but you know since we're on the topic of you know being in the spotlight talk about the hate mail uh maybe even positive mail if you've received it I know you've received a handful of letters handwritten to your address kind of walk us through that um yeah being at Bama it was definitely something that I didn't expect I mean because I had been playing college softball for three years prior so I had what I thought was a good idea of how things kind of went um and I would say during season there was one specific game where I performed so bad and I knew that it's which is crazy it's almost like these people think you don't already know that you played bad in a game that you played in which is bizarre. It makes no sense. Um, but yeah, so after the game, I remember I walk into the locker room and before I even open up any app on my phone, it's already blowing up, like being tagged in things on Instagram, Twitter, whatever it might be. Um, and that was kind of shocking because I was just like, whoa, like I didn't expect this. I didn't know that people were like this. Um, and kind of like you had mentioned, yeah, I have had like letters sent to my house, which is so weird. Like, essentially just saying that I wasn't playing well, which is bizarre because why would you take the time to like mail somebody a letter that's going to take days to get there just to tell them that they're not no, good? It is. Your, of, it's a, it was like your family's home too in Indiana, not yeah. not back at school. Yeah, no, not my apartment here in Tuscaloosa. This was sent to like my like family's house in Indiana, which makes it even more strange. That would freak so, me out. Uh, that scares me. I don't know how people figure that stuff out. I think that stuff yeah. frustrates me because it'll be, I mean, I'm sure you've gotten, you know, stuff in your DMs and it's like, it's the people that have nothing like a blank, uh, profile picture that say the craziest things to you. And it's like, it's like, man, it's so easy for people to just hop behind a screen and say whatever they want to someone, you know what I'm saying? And, but then in person, but then in person, they'll want to shake your hand, take a picture, take a picture. Yeah. There's actually, there's actually, yeah, uh, there's yeah. actually um, a video I saw about Duncan Robinson, and there's like they're interviewing this random guy in the parking lot, and he's like, 
what do you think about Duncan Robinson's $90 million contract? And he's like, oh, that's an overpay. Like he didn't even shoot it well this year. Can't defend. And then buddy uh, Duncan Robinson pops up from behind him. It's like, what's good? And he's like, oh my gosh, like they set me up. Like, can we get a picture? And I'm like, come they on. They literally dude, like, switch up like that. So yes. fast. They love you on your best days. They hate you on your worst days. And it like never changes. Would you say though I that, think, you know, you get overwhelming amount of love more than hate though? And does absolutely, that? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, there's significantly more good than bad. Um, I mean, the bad ones obviously just hurt a little more. But but the people here are awesome. Like our fan base is truly the best and that we get way more love than hate. So I can't imagine. Cause I mean, Tuscaloosa is a huge, like, I mean, I guess even the state of Alabama is a huge, like college um, mm-hmm. envi- environment. You know, there's not, I don't even think there's any professional sports yeah, no, there. Um, there's a G league team out there, but, but yeah, it's most mainly like Alabama. Come on. G. <laughs> Come on. <bro. laughs> Come on, bro. All right, so Ashley, um, really, really appreciate you coming on today. Uh, I've really, really appreciated how transparent you've been with us and how much you, you know, speak about mental health publicly and how open you are. And I just want to say that, like, you have been such a good guest. Um, and yeah, I, I love talking to you. I would love to have you on again. Um, and yeah, that's that's what I got. Yeah, no, thank you guys. It's been nice to have all of us back in the same group. I miss you guys. And thank you for your time. because This is awesome. What you guys are doing is going to make a difference. So I appreciate that coming from the athlete side. Yeah. And I, I also want to say thank you for hopping on. You know, it, you never know if one person, five people, 10 people might be affected by by your story and what you have to say. So um, I'm hoping some people can can hear from what you said and and take take something away from it. You know, I think you got a lot of good stuff to say. And I'm glad you were able to kind of say that on this platform um so yeah yeah i'm excited to i'm i'm really really excited for your audience too to be able yeah. to hear your side of things because i mean our our demographic and our audience wouldn't have i don't think we would have reached that on our own and i'm really glad that you know you can spread awareness and speak to people that i don't think ty and i have the reach to so i'm really glad that um you gave us that opportunity and i really appreciate it again yeah no problem i appreciate you guys all right guys Sorry, we just got done with a bunch of bloopers, but um, that wraps wraps up episode three of the TM pod. We appreciate everybody tuning in um, to this episode and uh, possibly some of the previous ones. Um, this should be releasing um, Monday, September 5th uh, with another episode coming out the 9th on Friday. Um, so hope you guys are, are tuned in and we appreciate you listening. Signing off. Roll Tide. Peace. Roll tide. She said roll tide. <laughs>